You asked for it. Here it is. It's a podcast from Apathetic Enthusiasm. Coming to you live from the re-season six premiere of season six. Everybody is dressed up in tuxedos and ball gowns, and the air here is intoxicating. There's Demi Moore. There's Sally Struthers. It's a cavalcade of stars tonight on Interdimensional RSS, the unofficial Rick and Morty podcast. Woo, man. Hello, it, everybody. It, I'm Travis. Yeah, I'm, and I'm Brandon. It is crazy out here in... Hollyweird, California. Uh, Travis, I noticed that uh, you just came back from vacation, so of course you don't have your Sunday's best on. I understand. Yeah, no, it's Tuesday. We're not even recording on the right day. You should have picked up at least a tie to put on that t-shirt. <laughs> this I, whole, I, I went for a crew neck sweatshirt because I didn't read your intro before we started the show. This whole, this whole. You know what? You know what? <laughs> You you keep people busy. Okay. I'll be right back. All right. Sounds sounds good. Uh for our audio listeners, what you're when you're missing is uh I have a background of the Oscars and I am wearing a button-up shirt uh, with a very, very uh hastily tied together tie. It's a single Windsor, it's very half-assed. You don't have to do anything. But it was all just a gag in order to uh <laughs> try to make Travis feel bad about himself. There we go. He changed his shirt. Now he has a tuxedo t-shirt. We all feel better about ourselves. My only concern is people seeing me change in the reflection of my pop vinyl faces. But <laughs> in, in the eyes I'm of sure a morning. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> like, why'd you change your pants, too? You didn't have to do that. <laughs> I wasn't wearing pants, Brandon. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to Interdimensional RSS, the official Rick and Morty podcast. I uh, hope, hope you are enjoying the return of season six as much as we are. <laughs> This episode brought to you by whatever cheap beer Brandon's drinking. <laughs> Not a sponsor. Uh, but we are back and uh, we are recording on a Tuesday because I did just get back from vacation. Uh, but if you want to figure out when we go on vacation or whenever we're doing anything else, make sure you're following us all over the Internet. Uh, you could follow us on Twitter at Rick and Morty Pod, but that may not be necessary for much longer. Uh, you can also follow us over at Facebook, Facebook.com slash Rick and Morty Podcast or over on Instagram, Rick and Morty Podcast. Uh, that's that's probably the best place. Did you do all these while I was changing my shirt? I don't know. I don't know what you talked about. <laughs> no, I didn't do any of these. No, no. Okay. I I feel I I probably I feel like I would have stopped you if if I'd done them before, but I I, did, I don't I know. It. I don't know that you would have, Brandon. I don't know that you would have. <laughs> uh, anyway, you can you can uh, send us an email, Rick and Morty Podcast at gmail dot com, or keep up with us over on the subreddits, Rick and Morty dot com, or our subreddit, Rick and Morty Podcast dot com. Uh, we have a website, rickandmortypod.com, where you can get this show, uh, check out all of our episodes. As I mentioned, we're live right now over on Twitch, twitch.tv slash apatheticenthusiasm. If you want to follow along, you can follow there, uh, get notified when we go live. Uh, also, you can get uh, pre-recorded video versions of our episodes uh, whenever possible over at youtube.com slash apatheticenthusiasm. Finally, a big shout out. Thank you to everyone at patreon.com slash apathetic enthusiasm. Everybody that supports us over there. Thank you for for the show. Thank you for for, for supporting us. Being being great. Uh Brandon, it seems you've done a location change. You're no longer in the glitzy red carpet of the Oscars. What happened? No, 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 no. I forgot my keys at, at my house. And at, while you're giving the social media, I drove all the way back to my house. 
uh, to get the keys to the Oscar statues. They're waiting for me there. That's what the keys are, right? Because I, obviously I got there. I drove. Yeah. It's all it's all a thing. But yeah, yeah. Welcome back, Travis. You were on vacation. Uh, you got back just in time for the uh, just a day or so late for the per- the premiere of Rick and Morty. Uh, you were at Disney World doing Disney World-ish type things. I, I am the resident Disney adult of this podcast. And yes, I took my family to Disney World for far too long and spent far too much money. But we had a, we had a great time. It, and I, it was great. And I don't think it's a coincidence uh, that Bob Iger is now back uh, as the, as, uh, Listen, the top of Disney. I want to get ahead of these rumors. I want to I squash these before... You know, all of the Twitter posts start piling up. Yes, I went to Disney World. Yes, Bob, I there was a meeting of the board of directors <laughs> yeah. that resulted in Bob Iger becoming the new CEO again while I was at Disney World. Are these events related? Are they connected? I don't think that's anybody's business, and I think we should move on. <laughs> I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, there's a lot to talk about on this episode. Uh, not... So much to talk about in this next segment. Um, you mean the segment we call semi-pertinent news? Wrong one. That's, that's not the one. Semi-pertinent news. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Semi-pertinent news. Uh, this semi-pertinent news is very, very light. So folks who who listen to the podcast, um, who still listen, uh, good news. There's not a lot uh, to, to talk about here. As a matter of fact, we Googled what we could and we couldn't really find anything. So instead, what we're going to do is a little bit of self-promotion semi-pertinent news. <laughs> That's right. Self-promotion semi-pertinent news. Uh, first up, I think we want to talk about our Reddit post of the week. And because this is self-promotion, semi-perts, uh, Reddit post of the week is by a user uh, known as Barnyard Cruise for his post. Reminder, new episode, November 20th. It received 163,000 views, 98% upvote rate, 35,000 community karma, zero reports. Uh, and basically all it was, the, the post was, this person, Barnyard Cruz, went out, uh, posted a reminder saying, hey, it's it's coming, the, the new episode's coming on the 20th. And then he posted, I'm assuming it's a he, posted a bunch of links to uh, music videos, uh, the Jesus Was a Dinosaur, to the Night Family music video, to the uh, Summer Sleepover, 10-minute um, uh, claymation. It, it, I mean, it's a pretty, it's a pretty solid uh, little, little post. So shout out to Barnyard Cruz. Fantastic job. Over to you, Travis. Uh, Barnyard Cruise. Why does that sound familiar? Um, yeah, congrats on all the internet points, uh, Barnyard. Uh, for for whatever you know, you did there. Uh, good yeah. job. Good job getting people pumped for the return of season six. Um, but yeah, that's all the semi perks we have. I mean, I guess I guess if you. If you're not a subscriber, maybe, maybe you're just stumbling upon this episode. Maybe you missed our interview uh, in our in our last episode with with Sarah Chalk and Chris Parnell. Uh, definitely take a chance to go out there and and listen to that. Uh, it was an honor and a privilege uh, getting to sit down and, and do that interview. So uh, yeah, if you have missed that, 
I, w- I would say maybe go go listen to that episode. Yeah, yeah, um, that, was, that, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot. That was a lot of fun. It was great to uh, it was great to talk about it when we when we recorded that the episode. We we did the interview. Uh, we did the 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 envelope. So the beginning, the intro, and the outro for it. And and I don't think that you and I necessarily had a whole lot of time to process how cool that that opportunity was, because uh, then because then I jumped right into getting into editing, cutting out yeah. a lot of the frequent and over ums ahs you knows likes etc. Trying to get just the most succinct and and good version of the interview, and uh, and looking back on it now, like that is we're cream of the cream of the crop cream. Of the, Cream the crop, you know, need a little right. little cream cup, put it over our head because that's, little, that's what that was. That's the creamiest podcast we've ever done for sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's, it's very cool. So check that out if you haven't already. Um, yeah, I think, I don't know, Justin Roiland might have a, a game coming out soon. Uh, grumpy Shih Tzu just subscribed, uh, for nine months with, uh, with prime. So big, big shout out to Grumpy Shih Tzu thanks, over on Rad. Twitch. Thanks, thanks for being amazing. Woo! Thanks, Rad Black. Woo! Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, we go. We we knocked two things of shameless self promotion out of the way. So let's get into our third bit of shameless self promotion with the Dan Harmon Social Media Minute. Dan doesn't really post where, anymore. Where are you? Um, that's that's right, <laughs> folks. Uh, Dan Harmon Social Media Minute. Same as the last episode, so I I do as I do every time I try to prep for this show. Uh, I go out and check out the best that Dan has to offer over on his Instagram, and awkwardly enough, he hasn't posted since October twenty third. Yeah, that is that is that yeah. is awkward. And so yeah, we went, so uh yeah the social media minute is Dan's not using social media right so now. So go ahead and follow us on Twitter <laughs> or Instagram or Facebook or Barnyard Cruise on reddit.com. I I don't know like is this the end of the segment? Is this is this it? Like uh I mean I'll give him to the end of the season. Maybe he comes back. Maybe he comes back. Maybe he's just doing like a month for mental health or something but yeah, I don't know. Dan's Dan's not been posting, so but we'll we'll see what happens. That is that is a potential, but I think I think we have a backup plan, and that's it's to go back that for the start of his Instagram and and work our way forward. Eventually, when we get to we'll the just, repeats, that's when it'll we'll just read like ads for TV pilots that he was pushing three years ago on his Instagram and stuff. That'd be great. <laughs> I'm gonna open up Dan's old Instagram while yeah. we while we. Well, let's not, uh, actually, let's not do that. Let's not do that. I mean, as as much as we would love to do that, we actually have a very dense, a very um, complicated mm. episode to get into. So as much as we love getting into semi-pertinent news, and we know you all love it because you post the time that it ends all the time in the comments on our YouTube videos, <laughs> uh, let's, let's leave the semi-perts behind and hop into uh, our favorite segment, and that is the main thing. Did you, did you, 
Did you get any of that? Huh? Huh? Tagman. Tagman. <laughs> okay, that, that's, that's it. It's just repeats there. Uh, the tags. <laughs> welcome to your main thing. That's right. Main thing for season six, episode seven. I put episode six in the, you know, whatever. It's wrong. It's wrong in our notes, Travis. It's Ignore wrong it. and you're wrong. It's fine. Episode seven, full meta Jack Rick. Air date 11-20-2022. Written by Alex Rubens. Directed by Lucas Gray. Guest starring Paul Giamatti and Chris Maloney. Uh, our Bronopsis. Not ours. This one the. wrinkled. The Bronopsis. Should, I should change that in the template. This one wrinkled my brain, bruh. Right. Our our Bronopsis. Not since the heyday of the first scream have we been so inundated with meta. Yeah, it would have been very easy to make a Facebook joke, but we're not going to do it. But we'll acknowledge that it was there. Yeah. Low-hanging fruit. Just like the requirement to follow us at facebook.com slash apathetic enthusiast or or whatever it is go uh, follow us go go follow us follow uh the title reference uh for those who are not in the know going all the way back to stanley kubrick's 1987 war film full metal jacket uh starring matt modine uh vincent d'onofrio arlie ermy shout out to him yeah great great movie go check it out the first half is is better but you know whatever that's not here or there uh, so we want to we want to talk about this this episode. If it is essentially what we consider a sequel to Never Ricking Morty, the season four episode with the story train, uh, more colloquially known. Um, so we want to talk about a few things. Travis, uh, you know, I saw it. I watched the episode on Sunday night. Yep. Uh, cracked my ass up. Uh, I I didn't I didn't rewatch it again fully until today. So I wanted to be able to focus on it. Uh, you watched it, I think, what, Monday Monday afternoon? Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah, I watched it throughout Monday. Um, started watching it early in the morning um, because I, while I did have access to Adult Swim, I was in a hotel room with my family. Uh, they are not all <laughs> Rick and Morty fans or um, uh, maybe age-appropriate to watch Rick and Morty. Uh, so I, I stuck with the old... Uh, Apple subscription and uh, right when I woke up Monday morning started watching the episode and then while taking my kids to the pool at the hotel watched it again and then a third time while flying back home um, yeah and it's it's good that I had that many opportunities to rewatch it because this was a dense and dare I say confusing episode <laughs> uh, the first time that I watched it um, not unlike some of the other meta commentary type episodes that we've seen in seasons past of Rick and Morty. Yeah, I would, I would, I would agree with that. I, I feel fairly good about having followed along with, with the episode the first time around. I think anytime you watch a, a new episode, there's going to be lots of stuff that you miss. And sure. I think, and I think especially if you're, uh, start watching something for analysis first, instead of just entertainment first, then, uh, you know, especially some of that stuff is going to uh, slip, slip past you because you're yeah. trying to be like, what just happened? And then by the time you figure out what just happened, something else happened that you completely missed. So, um, yeah, yeah. A very, very, very dense episode. I, 
here's here's the thing about why I'm dressed like this, Travis. I didn't think about this until right now, but it's because <laughs> part of the episode, part of the, a lot of the episode, um, is there there's more of, a, of an academic slight to it from a yeah. Yeah, yeah. from a writing perspective, and so I wanted to, you know, be an adjunct professor, <laughs> you know, looking for my tenure and and talk about this just for uh, for a little bit. So we'll get into that. First of all, breaking down into theme, um, let's talk about the meta commentary aspect of it because that was that was a main um, really focus of the episode itself. Uh, yeah. A story about storytelling, essentially, and we, as we said, a, a sequel to Never Ricky Morty. Uh, what what were your thoughts from from that perspective? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I think from the the cold open, which was shared online ahead of, ahead of the episode releasing, and then throughout, maybe until the first act break, like the the idea of meta storytelling and not just breaking the fourth wall as Rick has a tendency to do but just taking the whole show through the fourth wall and creating an entirely new space where um all of those meta jokes can exist within a a Rick and Morty multiverse type environment um i thought it was a really interesting idea I did find it to be a little overwhelming to consume, even not just from an analysis standpoint, like for, for podcast watching, but also just from a viewing standpoint, like, okay, what's going on? What are, I think, I think I have a tendency to try to understand the rules of whatever world we're in um, really early on. And so whether that's a Marvel movie or a Rick and Morty episode okay, what, what are the rules of this multiverse? How does it work? Why, why are they going through a blue rift-looking portal instead of a standard green swirly port portal? You know, like, what exists here? What doesn't? What, what, what are the stakes, necessarily? Um, because they're not in the real world, so to speak. Uh, so those are some of the things that I was sort of wrestling with while also laughing at a lot of the humor and the one-off jokes that uh, that they were throwing with with all of those characters. Yeah, I do. I do want to mention just briefly um, talking about like breaking the, the fourth wall. I, I do know that, you know, they step into the portal. They come towards us, essentially the audience and they're coming in and they're breaking fourth wall. But the, the world that they go to is not is not our world. Right. right it's right. not it's, it's not it, it's not. And I guess, sorry, She-Hulk spoilers. If you haven't watched She-Hulk, <laughs> hit the skip 30 seconds button now. <laughs> but the way that She-Hulk's finale sort of, or or did that, um, yeah, where that felt much more like stepping through the screen as opposed to this just stepping into like a parallel universe in Rick and Morty. Right, right, right. I think, I think part of... Part of my confusion, I think, in the episode, and I think I think I would go along with a little bit of confusion uh, for the general viewer when they when they meet Joseph Campbell and uh, then previous Leon uh, works, makes it so Rick comes up with that, that instrument to get him back through the credits, back through the title and they come back into the real world. I think that that's where it kind of that's where a little bit of the confusion for me was where I was like, 
okay, is that is that Rick and Morty's world that that they're in now, or because there's a there's a there's a story train writer and writing an episode about the story train, but they're but it's within the Rick and Morty universe. So there's a little we yeah. Cloudy day. I'm with you. I'm with you, and it's it's a little off. It's a little off, but uh, I don't know. For the most part, I think I think the show work. The episode works, and that's my biggest. A critique, lot of the, by the ideas way. that they. What's that? <laughs> that's my biggest critique, by the way. If, if, sure. You know, you know, just get that out of the, the worst parts, because I wasn't confused anywhere else. Just that. Part. Yeah, I mean the 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 rest of the episode. I think, for the most part, especially after watching it a couple of times. Uh, there's a lot of great ideas that they present in it. Um, the idea of really almost creating a sequel to the story train episode, which was very meta in and of its own right, right? That, that episode talks about the show in in a lot of ways and, and references the show itself within the story train. Um, I think, I think, this just takes those same components and, and even some of the same characters of Story Lord and elevates it to even another level of complexity, but also um, just exploration of constructing a story and how their adventures, um, you know, come from these really talented writers that that collaborate on them. The 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 idea of taking like the story train track in the story train episode and having it laid out like a like a like Dan Harmon's story circle, right? Yeah. Um yeah. which is something the, we pointed were, out there, there, you know, back then. There were nods episode. to it back then, but now to just really just like fully like make Joseph Campbell like a character in the episode and it just it just pushes those ideas even further, I think. Um and and, and like Rick says very early in the episode where this is like Basically, this whole episode's written for seven TV critics who aren't even going to appreciate it or whatever, right? Like, that there are jokes that really are only going to land for, like, super TV writing type nerds. And then the casual viewers are going to be like, all right, yeah, sure, that that's probably fun. As long as there's a, a another, you know, dick or fart joke, well, we should be fine. <laughs> so... Yeah, I you know talking about being a sequel to Never Ricking Morty or Rickleberry Tales is you know when when we talked about that episode back in the day back in season four so long ago forever we we talked about the story circle uh, we talked about the implications of what that episode meant and uh, you know originally like some folks were were being like they're they hate the the audience, right? It's like they're critiquing the audience. Uh, we talked to Scott Martyr, executive producer, one time, uh, one time back then, and we asked we asked him about Never Ricking Morty and and that that uh, criticism or or their thoughts on it, and basically just like confirmed with him that well, it's not necessarily that we're critiquing the audience or we're saying like like fan power has something and. Yeah. When when the writers are are writing this content, trust us that we'll get Evil Morty out there. When we get Evil Morty out there, it may not be how you want it to be or how you're you know uh, theory crafting in in the comments of Reddit. But trust us that we will do our our part. Um, and I just I I made a comment in Reddit the other day about this, and it occurred to me. Obviously, the biggest example of that is Star Wars, and 
emperor poopy butthole is is in one of like those those big scenes where you see the me seeks you see the zorp zorps uh you see evil morty and you see emperor butthole right so yeah yeah, yeah. another kind of call out to, to star wars now that was never rick and morty now we go into this episode and it feels much more uh like talking about the writers themselves not not focusing on the audience like yeah okay like uh fourth wall breaking that that type stuff no it's the art of storytelling and the creativity um coming up with 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 content and writing (laughs) uh leading off into like the very end speech with morty talking about you're only proud of your creation success because you want to be creative but it doesn't happen through gimmicks technology or distribution it doesn't even happen through work um I mean that's that that's that's basically the moral of this the the story. Yeah. Um but yeah, so those 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 are the differences to me. Uh agree, disagree? No, I I definitely agree and I think the I, the choice to have the writer, right? Or or a a character that portrays the writer of the Never Ricky Morty uh episode, right? Like um, I th- I think that's an interesting choice, and it, and it it basically brings the writers of this show into an episode, and and gives them some sort of agency, right, or some sort of ability to take ownership of any mistakes that they've made in the past, but also sort of take credit for the good things that they've done and the the popularity of the show and the the quality of the writing for for episodes that. The entire fan base has has grown to love or have loved immediately that as soon as it aired. So yeah, um, yeah, I it, think it's really interesting. I think, and I want to I want to I mention you you pointed it out to me. It didn't even really occur to me. I, I didn't see if you put this in favorite bits or anything, but the fact that the writer's name is Jan, yeah, which is like <laughs> which is like Dan. Uh, he, you, he he looks an awful lot like a casual dan i gotta say he's got the beard he's got kind of the scruffy hair obviously he's got like blue skin or something but he's got like some some glasses a sweatshirt i don't know he just he's got a little bit of a dan Harmon look to him yeah they named him jan jan like yeah i don't know it just and the and the writer of that never ricking morty episode was jeff loveness who did a voice in this episode i don't know if he did the voice of jan but you take the J oh, from Jeff. Interesting. You take the J from Jeff. You take the Ann from Dan, and you get yourself a Jan. Don't know if that's—is it coincidence? I don't know. I don't know. We're not here to speculate, are we? Actually, no, we are. That's exactly that's what all we do. Is speculate? <laughs> I think on the show. Actually, that's. Um, I'm, I'm now. I'm now looking to see if if, if Jeff did the voice for it. It's just all his writing credits for the show. Ah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. We'll, I, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> um, but it is it is really interesting how this episode. Um, I don't know. It talks about how difficult it can be to be a writer, um, even on a popular television show, and how the first time we see this writer he's he's struggling he's 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 holding a hot dog and trying to cook it with a lighter right and like it's just he's he maybe sleeps in his office which we're not sure whether that's his office or his apartment uh by the time we were there and um but like 
I don't know, from a from a fan perspective, or if you don't follow the show that closely, or you don't follow the art of television making that closely, you may have a different assumption of what it means to be a television writer or, you know, the prestige, I guess, that that comes along with that. Uh and and how it could be could be very much a struggle or or difficult to, I don't know, take your ideas and, and get them out into one of the biggest animated series on television. So. Yeah, this 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 is this is a very quick aside and I say very quick which means it'll be about 10 minutes before I finish. But I watched the the latest season of The Simpsons, which is very the last two seasons of The Simpsons really got really kind of returned form. You can critique me all you want. The Three House of Horror is just super good. Anyways, there's I an episode I watched it. It was great. Uh the there was an episode where uh Krusty becomes a daytime talk show host and Marge becomes uh, the producer for it. And she is in charge of coming up with all of the ideas for all the gimmicks that that, that Krusty has. Um, and she starts very, very like, woo, yeah, like excited, putting ideas. And then she is just basically like run down into the ground trying to extract creative creative ideas out, out of her. Uh, reminiscent of, of this this kind of, thought of creativity and like trying to come up with creative ideas. If you're trying to, if you're trying to be creative, it's, it's work. And you're as, as Morty says, it doesn't even happen through work. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so sorry. closer to a mental illness, uh, <laughs> oddly enough. So um, speaking, speaking of that, uh, they, they do, they do a lot of nods to, as well as direct uh, references to, sort of both Joseph Campbell's hero's journey concept and which uh, Dan Harmon uh, pulled a lot of his story circle concepts, the way that, that Dan Harmon breaks any story that he works on. Uh, you can see this throughout his body of work on, on multiple series to include Rick and Morty, uh, but his story circle very much, uh, you know, derived from uh, Joseph Campbell's ideas. Um, and you being the, the film and television uh, you know, connoisseur that you are. I don't. Do you want to? Do you want to break down the aspects of of this uh, for for those listening or or watching so that we can? You you've switched from Michelob Light to uh, <laughs> what I can only assume is a uh, is I don't know Jim Beam or. Something. Uh, no, I I, f- I finished my handle of of uh, Johnny Walker Red, and now I'm on. Now I'm on to the good. Now I'm on to the good stuff. Uh, uh, yeah. Um. Okay. Let let's let, let's talk about it. so. There is a there is a study uh, of of how stories are are built over the ages, right? Uh, yeah. From anybody telling stories from early on in humanity's history all the way till now, there's this idea of the monomyth of tropes, right? Uh, any kind of tropes. Joseph Campbell is one of these guys that that came out, studied the hero's journey, is what he called, and it it looks like a circle. Um, talking about myth. And it, what it does is it, it's basically, it's all about a journey. Like somebody starts at a point, they reach the unfamiliar, they, they go on, they, they're not interested in accepting the call to adventure. Then they accept the call to adventure. They go through some shit and then they come back into a place of comfort. That is essentially what Joseph Campbell uh, pointed out in his studies that's what Harmon took on and made a, a more simplified version of it, uh, but a more streamlined version of it. Sure. 
But that's exactly what what Joseph Campbell is. So if you're wondering who the hell is this Joseph Campbell guy in the <laughs> in this episode and why we care about it, it's it's because Dan Harmon has basically modeled his entire career off of what Joseph Campbell established. Um and in so much so that Dan Harmon does he obviously is doing the voice of Joseph Campbell in that, right? Very yeah. very very int- <laughs> like I very interesting for that. When they first went into the underground world or the the fourth fourth wall world, uh there was before I knew that Joseph Campbell was even going to be there, I Morty walks past the trials, right? <laughs> the path of trials. Yeah, it's like a sign that says trials this way, right? Yeah. yeah. And 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 Rick says, "No, it's he's not he doesn't go that way otherwise he'd be the hero." And as soon as that like little gag went, I'm like, "Oh, shoot. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that callback to some some Joseph Campbell stuff." And and then Joseph Campbell actually shows up. I'm like, "Hey, all right." Um if you if you uh, well, there's the you can find a link like just Google it. You can go wherever you want. You find find the the story circle. You, uh, Joseph Campbell's hero's journey. But there are a bunch of like little nods throughout the episode. Uh, lines said, just words said. It's all there in the in this episode. So I like sure. just just to point it out. Uh, refusal of the call. Uh, when when they first see Jesus Christ. Rick and Morty, Rick's like, just, just back up. Don't, don't, don't do anything. Yeah. And, and then Story Lord. Treat, treat it like a bear attack. Just make yourself look big and walk back slowly. <laughs> uh, Story Lord comes down. He's like, oh, I love a good refusal of the call. <laughs> right. Um, when there's a, a part of the hero's journey, meet a mentor. That's when Joseph Campbell like comes out and he's meeting Rick and Morty. He's he, and he right. saves them. And he says, and he says to them, Death is a threshold. That is that is part of the hero's journey. Um, at the very end of the episode, Rick says, uh, R- "Morty says, oh, thank thanks for thanks for making sure we stay alive, Rick." And he says, "Well, you know me, Morty. I'm a master of both worlds." <laughs> In Joseph Campbell's hero's journey, it's the ordinary and the special world. The ordinary is where you're comfortable. The special world is where all the adventure stuff is actually happening. Uh, there's the belly of the whale. There's a little clip where Rick and Morty are uh, like when Morty says he's pregnant, they're living in the belly of a whale, uh, like in, in that big ass house. Yeah, I was trying to figure out if that was supposed to be Joseph Campbell's house was was that whale or not. I, cu- I couldn't tell if, or if that was just a one off thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Antonement of the Father, right when they first they're first in Joseph Campbell's little house, they say. Uh, somebody, I forget which character says it, but you know, like you've atoned and that's part of like Joseph Campbell. He's a father figure, atonement of the father. That's maybe stretching a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, Morty says something like, oh, I thought we were dead or something. And then Campbell says you atoned. And, and so, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's how they got to where they were. Um, so yeah. And then, and then the, in Joseph Campbell's house, there's all of those different masks that, that, you know, just like the faceless men, right? Um, and so he wrote a book called The Masks of God. Uh, it's all about the monomyth, all about the hero's journey stuff. So um, that's that's also a reference to that. All of that said, there is a video on Reddit. Uh, we can post the link out there, or you can just go to Reddit and, and look for it by user UFO underscore tofu. 
And basically, it's it's the episode in this person, he, she, they put uh, put a little label on all of the, the scenes of the episode and being like, this is how it's matching up with the hero's journey and uh, throughout the whole thing. So yeah, go, go, go check that out. It's really, really interesting. Um, and, and cool to see, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're a nerd it's, and you want to, if, if go you're back a big storytelling nerd, uh, it's, it's great. If you're, if, if any of that interests you, go check out the video. If all of this is like boring. Shut up, Brandon, you uh, piece of don't shit. Don't worry, favorite bits will be up soon, and then we can talk about, you know, the funny stuff or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, you, you dropped this in our show notes, and I'm I'm curious because I didn't necessarily feel like this was the case, but uh, you ask if this is this season's anthology episode, and I'm curious what made you speculate on that or, or, or feel that way. Well, I, I will actually shout out uh, our our friend Peace Among Ricks, uh, who who sent a message and said anthology episode, and uh, and, and the more I thought about it, I thought, well, never Rick and Morty, and in the inside the episode, they talk about it being wanting it to be more of an anthology type of episode. Yeah, of course. Then we had Morty's Mind Blowers later that season, which was the actual anthology episode, but um. They're 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 because of the meta aspect of it, like protagonic, right? Uh, making shit. What was it, Maury, the the cowardly security guard? Like it goes uh, off Marvin, I think Marvin. Yeah, put it Marvin, <laughs> Marvin the cowardly security guard. That's yeah, right. That, that's right. Like it go it goes off on that little little tangent of like it's just following him as the protagonist. Uh, you also got even like the previously on stuff, right? Like those are little clips. Like what? How do we get here? Um, uh, there was I think there was maybe like one or two other, th- oh, even like the the tag man at the end. Tag man felt very uh loose improvisational feel type. Like, all right, Justin, get in the booth. Your tag man. This is gonna be the tag at the end of the credits go like that's that's probably all they gave him right go uh flashback like when they did that little flashback thing that 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 was one um (laughs) mr mr twist uh even the idea of those uh those uh what are are they called the uh the six what are are they called the self-referential self-referential six six. yeah Aspects of that felt yeah. like it. I don't think it was like the purest form of anthology. It's it's weird because in the story train episode, they they do it's a little bit more on the like random anthology stuff where they're like, let's throw some blips and shit shit stuff in here, and then randomly go to a couple that have like talking about a religion for. You know, the tickets, please, guys. And then, oh, let's do a musical number with Rick and Bird Person. And, like, there's... It it gets really, like, kind of, like, all over the place. Where yeah. the very beginning where all these different people on the train are sharing clips of stories of their interactions with Rick. And, and for me, the real tell is at the end when they sit on the couch and Rick's like, let's watch some interdimensional cable actually referencing interdimensional cable in that episode to me is like, this is the tip of the hat to 
in, in an anthology episode. This feeling like a sequel to that episode would would make me think, oh, okay, they're trying to do it again. But if they were, I feel like they maybe missed the mark a little bit. Like I'm in terms of making it an anthology episode. I think the episode is good. I just don't think it goes leans in enough to an anthology episode. I think the show can legit just go full court press on anthology run 22 minutes of straight up clips with no linear storytelling throughout the whole thing <laughs> and i think people would be happy with it if they're funny and they land well but that's that's not what they did here that's not what they've done with most of the anthology type episodes um and i think that's totally fine uh so yeah i i just, I just don't necessarily think this would be that one if if we get through the other what three episodes that we have left and yeah yeah there isn't another one i guess you could count it as as the one for the season but uh yeah it's 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 anthology light it is is at the at the most lighter than never ricky morty it's anthology super light (laughs) with with no fat um just just from the 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 concept of an anthology in general like you tales from the crypt twilight zone they're very self-contained episodes they're not they're not they're unrelated to each other yeah uh morty's mind blower interdimensional cable 1 and 2 like those are pure anthology when there's like just like clips right uh, here there and everywhere then you're get getting away from that concept of anthology so um, I, there, there are bits of it. I think the intro was the closest thing that we had to it. Um, and then, and then the random protagonist <laughs> stuff. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, which was one of my favorite bits. And I, I think unless you have other things that you want to explore over the, the episode as a whole, we can maybe dive into a few of these let's, and it'll let's shake do it. loose a few other ideas. Let's do it. Um, all right, let's do it. Let's get started with our favorite bits. Favorite bits. Burm, 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 burm. Oh, we're, <laughs> no. not, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. Uh, let, let's, let's start with uh, uh, this. This is one. There was a couple of bits, especially early on in the episode when uh, they first meet. <laughs> they first uh, meet Jesus Christ again and Story Lord. There's a bunch of just jokes there that 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 killed me. Literally killed me. By the way, they changed the definition of literary in the def- def- dictionary. I don't know if you know this. Or literally doesn't necessarily mean meta, uh, figuratively anymore. Okay. Anyway, you can look that up on your own time. But the first one that I have here is <laughs> the, oh, when, when Rick's saying, like, uh, talking about this, the 10 Space Jam cameos. Just referencing yeah, this yeah. Space each, Jam. Each, each minute here equals, is equal to 10 Space Jam cameos. <laughs> uh, cheap. So such so, such so, so cheap, and I love those Space Jam cameos. They didn't even talk about the the Rescue Ranger cameo, which you know that's too bad. But um, <laughs> the, um, when when uh, when Rick and Morty are fighting with Jesus, and Jesus banes uh, Rick, and he says he baned me, um, <laughs> he baned me, Morty. This <laughs> this, this follows uh, a joke where um, they're talking about. Morty's talking about fighting Jesus and said, like, didn't South Park already do this or something? <laughs> and uh, and and Rick's like, that's the type of 
self self referential uh, meta commentary that keeps us creatively honest or something like that. And I, I just I love that. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it's so so cool. And and the look on Rick's face, like like just bloodied and swollen. Such a good such a good animation shot right there. Yeah. Um, and in in the way the way Royland also delivers those those lines when he's beat the shit, he does he does a very good job. And I don't I don't know if I recall a a, a, a similar time that he does such a good job on like that. Um, you, you mentioned the Jesus banged me. Uh, gosh, I love I mean I love Batman. There's a few Batman references here in this this episode. When he he's like, oh no, Jesus is gonna bane me. He's gonna bane me. Ah, then he, ah, I I died. I'm dead now. But I'm so dead. You died so many times. In this I place. know. I know. I, I keep coming back. I cross the threshold. The um, you atoned. <laughs> a little bit later on, I, I don't have it written here, but when they're in Jan's apartment, uh, Story Lord is talking to Jan, and you see something about Goomby. And uh, you see on the whiteboard, it talks about Batman poker and he's it, and Janice is talking shit about like they wanted me to do this. They wanted me to do a, a yeah, Canterbury Tales and then it turned into a, a, the poker episode from Batman. Yeah. Batman the animated series, uh, which is such a great episode. I don't know if you've seen that episode, Travis. I, I think it's one of the few that I have seen, actually. It's yeah. such a such a good episode. Shout out to uh, Kevin Conroy, um, who who that's why. But that's not not trying to bring it down. But the voice, the voice of Batman for an entire generation. That that's who it is, uh, especially for us in our forties. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Anyway, so when they, I, I oh good good. Well, I was gonna say going back and rewatching the Story Train episode and the way that it starts, like realizing how much it starts off as almost like that poker episode or, or, you know, like, Oh, here's all these villains that are going to talk about their interactions or here's all these different characters talking about their, their, their backstories with, with Rick. I'm like, Oh, like it, it, it fall. The story train goes off the rails, so to speak later on. But, uh, that, that introduction at the beginning, I was like, Oh yeah, it does really kind of like start like, like one of those, I don't know, Canterbury Tales type type situations. That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. So 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 cool. I loved and it. Very meta again. <laughs> very meta. Batman poker. Go watch it. Great show. Um, what what else? What else? uh we the butter robot. Hey, haven't hey, seen he's back, and not any happier about his status <laughs> in life. <laughs> nope, not one. He's now thing. the lever pulling robot. It's he's been retconned, so to speak. <laughs> Okay, yeah, well, I, that, that, I think that's a good segue into talking about the self-referential six plus two more. Uh, <laughs> all, yeah, all, all of the names of the self-referential six, like so, so punny. That, that's 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 what it was. Just how how many different types of so, so we had mislead, mm -hmm. obviously previously on, of course, which was not necessarily self-referential six. He was outside the group or something. I don't know because. Technically, he was being brought there by Rick. Anyway, flashback. Connie-tenuity error <laughs> was a particular stretch that I enjoyed. Uh, Protagonic, Mr. Twist, uh, Rob Schraub lending his voice, uh -huh. and uh, 
smash cuts uh, to, to Mr. <laughs> Twist. Uh, and then uh, Bretcon, or is it Retcon? Uh, and then finally, Tagman at the very end. Which what what, what um, a, that 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 Bretcon thing after after mislead previously. All of these words like they're forcing their way into <laughs> finding a way for it to make sense. Getting to Bretcon and Morty calling it out like, well, why don't why don't you just call him? <laughs> what I love about that character in particular, for starters, it is like the most overpowered superpower in any sort of story that's why right? they, where you can literally change history by speaking it into existence that's why they locked him into sports yeah we're <laughs> the opposite of story right <laughs> tell that to espn uh in 30 for 30 anyway um yeah like after morty gets done talking about why wouldn't they just call it call ret is a name why wouldn't he be retcon and then he's like, it is, and it always has been. <laughs> and then from that point on, every character that addresses him by name calls him Rhett uh. instead of Brett. Because, like, and then just the way that he uses that power to make coffee deadly or <laughs> nothing exists outside the fortress. Or you never had any the bones. Fortress, the <laughs> fortress being orange. Like it's just so random, but hilarious to me. I I I loved rewatching that scene. It is it is so so good. Uh, I when I was watching it with with Chelsea and my my son, all of them made sense, right? Until until we got to retcon, and and they were both like, I don't I don't get it. What is what is a retcon? And it, it occurred to me that in the nerd <laughs> spaces, retcons make sense. We're like. Okay, uh, some this character did this and this and this and this, and then the new trilogy came out, and now we're retconning certain aspects of it. So now midichlorians are a thing, right? And <laughs> uh, now, uh, like with with Andor, like oh wait, he never talked about going to prison. By the way, he goes to prison. It's not a spoiler. I'm not going to tell you what happens. Anyways, uh. But but explaining the whole retcon stuff is is uh it was interesting like that that people don't necessarily know that um and then uh yeah so anyways self referential six plus two more because Tagman and Bretcon uh create eight by my math yeah Tagman's just he's just he just exists in the tags <laughs> and I think previous Leon is which by the way previous Leon which I love the name. But the people working or whatever uh, automated system is writing the subtitles for these episodes, they do not get the joke because they still it still says previously on every time that that uh, it, character is spoken by name, I think, <laughs> in, in the subtitles. Yeah. Um, yeah, we talked about Marvin, the cowardly security guard. I thought that was just a great little. I don't know, intro, even even the animation in it where they kind of like dirty it up a little bit to make it look like an old TV show. I thought was I thought was really funny. Yep. Um in here, Rick handing Morty the jacket. What 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 were you meaning by that? Oh yeah, yeah. There, Is this when they were in the cold, shivering nothingness? Yeah, ex exactly exactly right. The abyss. It it's when it, like Rick does a couple things tied to this 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 moment where He's like, they don't matter. You do uh, a little bit earlier on. And then they're about to die. 
Rick offers the, his his lab coat to to Morty. They're both about to die in the freezing cold, but he's still trying to offer him any kind of little warmth. It's it's more of a it's more of like a this is a nice little thing. Like there's there's growth there. Um, but as we all know, Rick's he doesn't like to change. <laughs> That's his kryptonite. It is. Exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, that leads us into death as a threshold. Uh, uh, I, I, I put that there as just kind of a placeholder in these notes. That was mo- mostly to talk about all the Joseph Campbell stuff. But when, when he said that, uh, and then I rewatched it, I was like, uh, there's something there. There's, there's something there. And that's when I went, that, that was like my, my trigger to be like, okay, the things are being said throughout the episode that I'm missing that are tied to this journey. Anyway. Yeah. Um, there's a moment after they've figured out a way to get back into their reality, um, that Joseph Campbell suggests that they go and take some, uh, you know, some ordinary adventures like, uh, like they did in season one. And Rick says, I'm so sick of that note. Why, what does that even mean? Um, to take it a step further. And I was talking to you about this earlier, the fact that Dan Harmon is voicing Joseph Campbell, who would appreciate, you know, the types of, of, of storytelling that's being told, going back and saying, oh, change it and do something different in season one, to Rick, who then has the response that I'm sure Dan Harmon himself has <laughs> yeah. anytime he's given that note. Like, it's just... Meta on meta on meta, I think, in that in that moment for Rick, for Dan to be telling himself sort of or a personification of, of himself there, there's to, a, to, to write his own show better. There's a feedback loop there where it's just, it's going to um, it's going to get so loud and squealy. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I thought I thought that was you. You you mentioned the thing that it was Harmon giving Harmon a note, essentially. And and then me pointing out that like the whole monomyth and Campbell's studying of classic classical storytelling and being like, hey, go back to the classics. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which which Harmon has never changed the way he tells. Well, I won't say never, but he doesn't change the way he writes stories like that is how the Rick and Morty's writer room goes. Uh, he hasn't he hasn't really shied away from that. So it just it's interesting feedback loop. Um yeah. Okay, so I, I I laughed about this. It's such an it's such a simple joke, but it's when Jan is walking up to Story Lord. Story Lord has fallen. He's he's paralyzed, and he, Story Lord says to Jan, "You failed me," and Jan goes, "No, I failed you." <laughs> so such a simple it's stupid joke. It's dumb. It kills me. It's bad writing, I guess. <laughs> Intentionally bad <laughs> writing. Um, the speaking of bad writing, when the writer decides uh, to come up with his new story about a writer, uh, <laughs> and that he's back, and Joseph Campbell, the ghost of Joseph Campbell, is just off saying, "No, no, don't do it." <laughs> Wait, so um, I'm like a writer. I'm not supposed to try. You know, like like this pencil, like. I'm a writer and pencil. Oh, oh, I should, I should be. Oh, it's a writer, the, the pencil that, that writes the stories about the writer. No, no. Don't and do it. Just so silent. It's just silent and just the movement is, is cool. Yep. 
uh, the did you get any of that with with Tagman at the very end? Did you did you did you hear him say that? Tagman said it. Yeah, Tag Tagman says as as he's fighting, uh, getting bloody and stuff like that. He says, "Did you get any of that?" <laughs> as he's killing. I, I didn't catch that. I need to rewatch. I need, <laughs> that's. Um, I will watch that right away. Um, because that's amazing. Uh, another bit. Uh, the website actually works this time. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you go to what is it like Rick dash plush dot yeah um <laughs> you can see a fake website for a rick and morty plush the hair's not exactly right but that's that's fine it doesn't matter <laughs> um uh calling the story lord amish juggler um i thought was funny um and not just because well mostly just because of my background in juggling um uh another thing that i don't know if you caught this did you Catch that they had the Loch Ness monster in in those one offs twice. I did. I did catch that. Yeah. Uh, is I was is it that out. just because we rewatched the episode so many times, or is this what other did other people see this too? I I I I do wonder. I I did. I but I noticed that. I noticed because the Marvin, well, because Jesus does it first. He fights the yeah. Loch Ness monster, and then maybe they're just like, we need to reuse this asset for something. Uh, what would Marvin run away from? The Loch Ness monster spinning a Loch Ness monster at a golf course. Obviously, <laughs> I just thought it was funny. I didn't. I. I don't think I caught it the very first time I watched the episode. And on the on the rewatch, I was like, "That's it. That's the same character model. That's that's. I have seen that before already in this episode." Um, Joseph Campbell, uh, in his drunken rage, calling them Back to the Future ripoffs from from outside the cabin. Uh, I th- I thought it was was funny. Oh, was was it, was that supposed to be him yelling at them? Yes, yeah, I believe so. I think, like he's like at night, lock yourself in the woodshed, and then <laughs> and then he gets really drunk and calls them communist Jews and Back to the Future ripoffs. Uh, so <laughs> that's that's how I interpret it. And then Rick saying, maybe I'm not really an alcoholic because compared to compared to him. I I I I, yeah. I want to look up I want to look that up. Um, there is so a very very brief Google search. I I looked Joseph Campbell communist is what I put in this the search, uh, and there is a New York Times article from 1989. Six accusations of anti-Semitism against the mythologist Joseph Campbell reversed two identities. Um. So, yeah yeah yeah. Uh. Maybe, maybe that's what it was supposed to be, because I I think there is a, from what I read, very very briefly, I think there is some kind of, uh, uh, pushback against Joseph Campbell as being a bad guy. But then again, you know who wasn't a bad person, anytime before 1982, when I was born. I don't know. Obviously. I don't know a single. Obviously, person. everybody, everybody was awful. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then obviously we've referred to him many times, but Tagman, Tagman was was hilarious. Yeah. Um, best what and is. worst parts. I love when we get to the best and worst parts of the episode because we will put parts. Uh, for those of you, this is all inside baseball. Um, <laughs> just like Story Lord. Good shout out. Uh, we we will write uh our show notes in a Google Doc separately, but we don't always talk about what the other person is including in the show notes. So. <laughs> Whenever we get to best and worst parts, we don't always label them, so we don't know if the 
if the other person thinks this is the best part or a worst part uh, until we actually record the episode. So, <laughs> starting off with Deus Ex Machina, Chekhov's guns, Tuitus violence, ticking clocks, all of these things. Uh, did you find these to be a best part or a worst part? I'm guessing it's best. <laughs> it is. I, I think I didn't have a best or worst part in mind when I put them there. I think I was just putting there as a as placeholder and I forgot to move these anywhere as far as discussions go. I think if we're going to talk about worst part, it was, I, I think like trying to break down the logic of where they are in relation as like we talked about earlier in the episode, when they go back past the credits and uh, to, to face story Lord, I think that's where, that is maybe the worst part for me. I feel like that last portion of the episode fell flat or was it just like tonally different than the rest of the episode. So it just felt kind of like off from the rest of it. If I, if I had to, if you, if you had to, part. you if had, I had to. to, if I had, if I like made a podcast about <laughs> the show and I had to talk about a worst part, that's that probably part. what you'd say. Um, so the, the things you just mentioned, all of the Deus Ex Machina, et cetera, et cetera. I, I went through the episode and I, when they first put on the glasses, these are some of the things that they see. Just these, um, these writing Is that a reference to that movie that you always talk about. Um, <laughs> Deus Ex. Yeah. With the, with the wrestler guy that has the glasses and can see, uh, no, uh, no, I, well, I mean, maybe, maybe it could be, uh, they live. Yeah. The Don, that's, that's John Carpenter cool. classic. With yeah, yeah, yeah. Rowdy Roddy Piper and and Keith David, um, I don't I don't know if it's a reference to that, but I still think it's. I went and I just listed all the things that I saw, uh, cliffhanger, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The other thing was just when they're in the environment. Uh, this this is like the trial sign, which we talked about earlier. There's a word balloon in the background, and there's a few other gags, but the one I the one I'll end on. As I lift up my glass of whiskey is on Joseph Campbell's desk. There is a writer's courage brand whiskey. Cheers to you writers and creatives all over the world. I, I mean, I'm not Absolutely. one of them, but still yeah, yeah. cheers. <laughs> um, overall, I, I thought this was an interesting episode. I thought it was a good episode. A lot of, a lot of good gags, a lot of, you know, sort of self, meta references throughout looking back at bringing back other characters am i as cool as mr nimbus now uh those sorts of things like right call me mr nimbus um i don't know i, th I thought i i laughed a lot of times throughout the episode i i don't know if it's enough to bring this into like my top three for the season necessarily but i thought it was a cool and interesting episode for the most part yeah for, for, for sure you, you compare it to uh, <laughs> uh, Rick Mortwell lived, uh, diehard motherfucker. Um, or like this, this is a, a much more complicated narrative. There's lots of yeah. things happening compared. And, and I was confused even with Rick Mortwell lived. I won't retcon things. I was a little bit confused with that a little bit, but it, in essence, it is a much simpler story to tell, uh, for, for the a plot uh, at any rate. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know yet. We'll see how the rest of the season goes as far as top three goes. It's still, maybe it's a recency bias, but I, I, I do like it, uh, pretty, pretty good. So, 
Good, good, good. Anyway, um, well, those are our thoughts on the episode. If you have thoughts or uh, I don't know, pushback, you know, you think think we missed the mark on something. Uh, we love to hear your thoughts. Unity, reach out to us at all of those social links, uh, or join the live stream next week, and we can talk about it during the show. Uh, just like in semi, or I'm sorry, not semi. No. Listener suggestions, short outs. Yeah, listen. Let's ask this. He, he yeah. put his finger up to his lips like, shh. You said listeners suggestions and short outs. And I was like, oh, there's one thing I wanted to say. But then I realized that somebody said it in listeners suggestions and short outs already. And so we could have just, just brought it up there. Dumbass. You know, I'll, I'll edit that out. Just kidding. We don't edit this, unless this we have. in post, but interviews. I won't touch it in the video version. Because <laughs> it's the pure burps. Coming to you live. From whatever Brandon said earlier. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, first off, to all of our people that follow on Twitter, thanks for hanging around. Um, may- maybe follow us on Instagram just in case. Um, <laughs> I uh, guess is as good as mine out there. Yeah, I, I want I want to shout out to all the folks in the Discord. Some good comments out there in the Discord. This is what I was going to bring up, uh, and I and I realized it, it was mentioned. Uh, but five long years, uh, my buddy Greg was was talking about like the intros. Um, when Morty's about to get eaten, did Rick tell him not to look? A lot of stuff. Just the the dialogue that was happening in that previously on, and they're yeah. going through the intro, hanging on to previously on. Like there, there's there's some funny stuff there. I th- you know what a what a cool way I. Th- to incorporate the plot into the credits of the show to enhance that meta aspect. I think the uh, parasite episode might've been like the one that I remember anyway, where they use the credits to kind of, uh, by, by adding, uh, Mr. Poopy butthole into the credits. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In those scenes for that, yep. that season. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, it's it's a rare thing when they when they mess with the title sequence, but uh, it's it's usually good when they, when they do. So, and I'm curious, right? Because I've speculated a lot this season about the fact that most of the clips that we've seen in the title sequence haven't appeared in episodes, and usually it's like a fifty fifty split. You'll get random one offs that are just drawn for the title sequence. Yeah, I don't know, Morty putting or or geese flying through the kitchen or something like that. <laughs> Um, but this one, right. The Jack the Ripper thing technically is from an episode now. Um, but there's a, there's a, a scene where it's, it's where Morty is like a, a pad of butter melting yeah. in a skillet. Yeah. And at that point, Rick says best episode. <laughs> and so I'm really curious if that's going to come up in an episode or if that's just like, I don't know, a misdirect. A mislead, if you will. Why is why is my uh, dad in a robot suit? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We still got a few episodes to find out. He did what he, he died doing what he loved, getting stung by bees. <laughs> <laughs> and that uh, that friend of Summers who uh, who was in that t- that one episode T- tag Tickles. where she's talking about why does your dad keep bees oh. and all that stuff. <laughs> She's like three pews back, crying about Jerry being oh, dead. Oh from, man, what a what a good uh, yeah, <laughs> good what a good little callback. Uh, okay, all right, all right, we're done talking about the episode. Thank you, every, all everybody in Discord. Thank you so much for for hanging out with us all the time. Uh, in the, for subscribing to us, supporting us. You are you are fantastic. Speaking um, so highly about our interview. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so um, our on Discord. 
uh, my buddy Phil Rude uh, reached out to me, and uh, so I just want to sh- I just want to shout him out because he he has he has a podcast with his son Austin, and and uh, they they talk about movies and stuff like that. Um, but he is just such a good person. He's such a good kind and and awesome awesome person. But he said he wrote this to us. He said, "Hey Brandon, I wanted to compliment you on your interview with Chris Parnell and Sarah Chalk. It's impressive that you landed them for your show, but you and Travis had some great." In- questions and i think it helped engage everyone in the interview you can always tell when the actors are bored doing interviews because they're answering the same generic questions but you guys did it right and just had a great conversation about the show um and you know like that that little note out of nowhere is is so great to to hear because i know that you and i we we put those questions together we reorganized them we rewrote them a little bit we had a plan going into what was a very, very short 15 minutes, a very strict 15 minutes. Yeah. And uh, just just trying to make sure that both of them were involved, trying to get them to just have a conversation about about the show, uh, as they mentioned it there at the end. And uh, yeah, um, I'm not going to say we're the best interviewers in, in the world. We'll never claim that. Definitely room to grow for sure. Uh, but uh, but but thanks, Phil, for for that that shout out. Um, yeah, you also have in here a review that mm-hmm. we received, uh, a very nice review. Unfortunately, you did not, uh, say who the review is from. <laughs> it's, 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 it's I'm just <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, thanks. Zatchmo. Most likely. Um, but I'll read his review anyway. Uh, it says, I'm not a big podcast fan, but I'm always eager to listen to these guys after each episode. Rick and Morty and interdimensional RSS go together like a squanch and a plumbus. Hmm delicious uh the hosts are not only great at podcasting but the fact that they are such big rick and morty fans is icing made by the melting butter morty on the cake congrats on the golden rick head by the way i guess congrats brandon on that that's fine uh give these guys a listen you'll love it just as much as morty loves his night abs uh thank you thank you so much we appreciate it thank you for the review thank you for the comments on discord um and just everywhere, whether whether you're in the Twitch chat or or whatever, uh, we we appreciate hanging out with with all of you and um, just the the community around this podcast is 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 awesome. And we 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 love making this show, and we're glad that you enjoy listening to it. If if you have never left a review for the show, uh, that is definitely a way that you, an, an easy way that you can support the show uh, by uh, going out to your podcatcher of choice, or maybe you're on on YouTube, leave a comment, leave a review, uh, let us know what you think, um, or head over to Twitch and uh, go ahead and follow us there and be part of the show. We're going to finish this episode and then go right into our Twitch-only post-show where we talk about whatever the uh, the fans that are here have on their minds. So uh, we, will, we will do that. Uh, Brandon is m- messing with his background. He's got Butterbot there. There's just so... You're so professional today, Brandon. You look so, <laughs> so, so great. If you are an audio-only listener of this podcast, highly recommend you hopping over to YouTube sometime this week uh, and just see see the effort that Brandon put in. Uh, it's, it's, it's really over the top. <laughs> so, over the top. That's right. We're bringing Sylvester Stallone into this. the last time we recorded, you had like a hoodie and a t-shirt on that I'd seen you wearing for like two days already. Yeah. The last time we talked, I was wearing like a 70s looking jacket, leather jacket. And you said I was living up to that Yacht Rock roadie 
That's right. You you you're reaching the potential that we always knew you had in you. <laughs> Anyways, thank you everyone and all, everybody, for for listening, supporting, and we still have three episodes left of season six. We're excited to hang out with you. Uh, but until then, which is which will be next week, post Thanksgiving, if you're in the United States of America, I am Brandon. I'm Travis. And we will talk to you later.